Do you want me to play the intro music? Oh, yeah, yeah, play the intro music. Okay. <laughs> Warm me up here. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Double Cuzzies, where two people who share 25% of their DNA and their entire extended families talk about life. Double Cousins. It's like if Venus and Serena Williams <laughs> married Steph and Seth Curry and had kids. Ooh. You got the Very Curry brothers and the Williams sisters. It's a, that is a super athlete combination. Right. Imagine powerhouses. <laughs> As if their own kids aren't going to be athletic powerhouses on their own anyways, but yes. they don't have that double cuzzy power. So no. Yeah. No. Well, you know why I selected that example anyways, because this <laughs> week we're talking about sports, 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 sports. I've heard of those. <laughs> have you heard of those, Kaylee? Yeah. yeah so I think, so. <laughs> I think uh, you know, in our very early episodes, we were talking about how we come from very similar familial backgrounds and a lot of the same childhood experiences. But one of the areas that we really differed in as kids and maybe as adults also is uh, our exposure to and participation in sports and team sports as kids. And so we're going to get into that a little bit today and discuss uh, are we competitive people by nature? Are we athletic and sports-oriented people by nature? And sort of what our journeys have been like with our relationship to sports and athletics and competition in general. So, Kalia, yeah. with that, to kick us off, if you can tell us a little bit about what was your childhood like? What kind of activities did you partake in when you were a kid? Mm, so, I wasn't... A very physically active kid, I wouldn't say. So I was more of a like student government kid. I remember in elementary school, I tried a lot of different instruments. So I did strings with the violin. And then I think I tried saxophone and clarinet, which I didn't pick up on either of those. But nothing sporty. Um, you were not sporty spice. When yeah, you except sporty spice. You were you were sporty spice. That was the only. <laughs> that was a, no, I wasn't. Um, oh. But I did love. I was more of a posh spice girl. I could see that. Um, yeah, uh, but I I think when I was younger, I just like physically, I was very lanky, and I never really got a good grip on like my physical capacity <laughs> as a child. So. Sports just weren't in the cards for me. So yeah, definitely more like studious Stugo kid. Um, but I know that that was very uh, different for you. Even though we are double cousins, your experience was very different. Yeah, right? probably on the other end of the spectrum. Basically just Stugo was the only non-sports related extracurricular that I did, I guess. But yeah, did sports from a very, very young age and then... Um, competitively in schools, in intramural sports, all the way up until college, basically. Uh, and then have just sort of dabbled in it recreationally since then as an adult. But yeah, um, played a little bit of basically every sport growing up. Uh, and then just really focused on playing racket sports in high school. And then knew that I was never going to be good enough to play past that level <laughs> at a collegiate mm -hmm. level. Uh, so, so yeah, just just tried to do as best as I could within those leagues anyway. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that was very different because a lot of my weekends and evenings and mornings were filled with sports practices, sports games, 
So I think it's definitely like a completely different lifestyle. Because yeah. I know my parents yeah, would also so s- go to all of my sporting events. You know, they'd have to take me to practices and stuff when I wasn't old enough uh, to drive myself. So yeah, it was. It's it's a big part of life when you're in sports. Yeah, it becomes so central to the whole family too. Yeah. It's not just like you know the kid does it on their own. It's like the I feel like the parents get to know each other, and it's this whole social thing, and and that's something I think I. I kind of missed out on not doing sports is that a social aspect and, um, you know, not just developmentally, I see that is, you know, has its benefits, but it's just a different social dynamic, um, which can be very helpful and gratifying as a, a young adult, especially. So, yeah. And I think I started out doing sports in the leagues that I was doing them in too, because my parents knew the other parents. And so their mm-hmm. daughters were also going to be doing those. And so it was a bit of a mix of like, we already knew those people and we already were part of that community and that friend circle. And then, mm-hmm. and then we became even closer because we saw them through all of these extracurricular activities yeah. too. And when you say league, you mean like outside of an organized sport related to the school? Yeah. So sometimes, like yeah. So when, like when, yeah. <laughs> This is how much I know about. <laughs> so very little to none. Yeah. So growing up, um, when I played soccer and basketball and softball, it was not always through the school, but it might be related to the school. So it was kids from the same school district, but it wasn't necessarily connected to the school. So I played with kids from other elementary schools and middle schools. And so that was also a really nice way of like meeting other kids who I didn't yeah. go to school with. And so I ended up making a lot of friends with people who I ended up knowing later in life, like in high school, because mm-hmm. our feeder schools went to the same high schools. But otherwise, though, I wouldn't have any I wouldn't have had any exposure to anybody outside of my elementary school or middle school. So, yeah. Do you remember when you were that age and getting involved in sports? Was it you said like your parents knew other families who were involved, but was there an inherent interest that you expressed or did that kind of come as more as a push from your parents or what were the factors going into that decision? You know, I think because I'm a younger sister and I, and Mm -hmm. my brother was also very active in sports. I think it was partly like I saw him participating in it. Um, and, and I was also just a very active kid too. And a bit of a tomboy in the sense that like, you know, all of our, our older cousins are all boys. And so I'd kind of run around with them. Uh, and then kind of the same thing, like in school too, I was friends with a lot of boys. I was very active. Uh, and so I think it was definitely something that I was interested in personally. And then it was also the exposure to it of, okay, well, you know, my older brother has gone through these leagues, they've gone or into these clubs. Uh, and then my dad also had experience as a child and growing up playing recreational sports and team sports. Mm-hmm. So I think there was also that like exposure of like, oh, yeah, you know, teach you how to throw a ball, teach you how to hit mm-hmm. a tennis ball, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then just kind of went from there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm just like, oh, I never had any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so like as a kid then, you know, was there any sort of push to try other activities or was it very much left up to you of like or or was that the question even asked too of like are you interested in trying any sports yeah I I feel like when I was younger if I was interested in something I would have been fully supported but I didn't have any external factors like you know mom or dad did this and Mm -hmm. so it's something that was around the house or that they would talk about and kind of try to pass on to me or you know my older brother wasn't involved in anything sport related so I didn't have that example so I think that was definitely like unlike you that's a a gap that I had and maybe contributed to 
lack of self-interest or mm-hmm. self-motivation to pursue those things. Um, uh, I mean, when I was younger, I did kind of the standard like, you know, ballet gymnastics when you're really little. Mm-hmm. And then like the things I did mention that I was involved in more of like uh, music and band and whatever that was um, the drive to that. Those activities was definitely different than sports. That was more like I saw kids at school doing it and I I, I became interested and also kind of uh, having ownership over an instrument and taking care of this thing was really enticing to me. Um, but yeah, when it came to sports, I, I didn't have any of those factors that you mentioned. So it's making sense to me now. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what was your feelings about like physical education or PE or gym class growing up then? I really disliked PE. I just wasn't very comfortable in my body physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't athletically built, so I feel like I wasn't good at those things. Or you, um, think, you don't think you were athletically built. I don't think I was, but I remember just feeling very uncomfortable, like when we'd have to run around the track or run around the field, like that it was hard for me to breathe and it was something that I felt like I couldn't handle and I didn't push through Mm -hmm. as a child. So um, I will say my one like athletic moment was, was it middle, I think it was middle school and it's a really weird thing to think about now, but all of the kids who ran a mile in seven minutes, seven to eight minutes. So it's like somewhere in the seven minute mark. They got invited to a pool party at the end of the year. So it's like a really fucking sick way of weeding out all of the fat kids. (laughs) And all of my friends had qualified and it was like the last day that we were able to kind of test into this privilege of going to the pool. And I just like, I remember it was four laps around the track um in that grade it was like seventh or eighth grade or what like 12 thir- mm-hmm. 13 or 14 mm-hmm. at the time I don't know already 14. a very odd stage yeah already super awkward <laughs> yeah. and I just like killed myself and I did like a seven minute 40 second mile which is insane to think about because yeah, I, I definitely be cannot able. run a seven or eight minute mile this yeah. <laughs> but I had that incentive so so I, I need a really good incentive to be competitive, I guess. <laughs> so the incentive is to not be a social pariah. Yeah. <laughs> or pool party. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. So then growing up then, did you have close friends who were really into sports or athletics? Or were they all were all of your friends sort of also in the activities that you chose to do? Uh I would say for the most part, like my close friends through elementary school and middle school we were all kind of involved in the same things which weren't very athletic mm-hmm. um oh one thing's popping up my uh, best friend sarah who i've known since i was very young she did horseback riding and i did try that out when i was little because you know i was around it because of her because we were so close and i tried that for like three weeks and was terrible at it um I think just in general, I remember it being really hot and dusty. And I I think just when I was younger, I didn't, and I still don't really enjoy physical discomfort. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then in high school, I did have some friends who did like softball, volleyball. They did, um, I had a good friend on the cheer team, uh, but it wasn't a stage where uh, that was something that um, I could be socially pressured or impacted by. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have the interest. So Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very so different think, high school experiences too then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess a lot of it is, you know, 
the family you're around or how your siblings are and then kind of your social group too if that encourages you but yeah overall discomfort to or aversion to discomfort (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you were involved in so many I didn't know you did soccer oh yeah so I mean I did I did soccer you know when you're a little little kid and it's just running back and forth in a Mm. big dust ball and I hated soccer because of I hate long distance running. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't mind, and I actually much prefer like short distance running, like sprinting mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah, long distance running, any sort of endurance running, again, like mm-hmm. I, I agree with you of like I have an aversion to discomfort of just like feeling like I'm going to collapse just from running. Like that's mm-hmm. not enjoyable to me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I did soccer like very early on. And then I did basketball also very early on. I knew because I was on the shorter side, I was never going mm-hmm. to be very uh, good or competitive at basketball, at least at my mm-hmm. stage anyways. Um, and so I also remember that growing up of just like being very envious of how tall you were. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, if I Used was that for tall, nothing. if I was that tall, I'd be unstoppable in sports. <laughs> yeah, our powers combined, we could have been just like a beast, you know? Super athlete. Yeah. yeah. I remember people would ask me if I played basketball when I was young because I was very tall mm-hmm. from age. And then I have very long fingers too. So people would ask me if I played basketball and if I played the piano Mm -hmm. and no to both of those. And then also (laughs) then if you were going to be a concert violinist and or a surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, those are the acceptable paths given how tall you are and how long your fingers are. Yeah, sorry I let everybody down. Yeah, instead you started a podcast with your cousin. (laughs) And here we are. Um, Just reflecting back on sports when you were really young, Do you remember anything specifically about the competition aspect that you felt at that age? And um, I guess talk a little bit about how that shows up in our family too, like a competitive nature. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's also where our families, our immediate families are very different too, because I feel (laughs) like both of my parents, myself and my brother are very competitive people. Uh, And I think that it's not the sense of like competitive of like, I want to be better than somebody else necessarily. It's like, I want to be the best or the fastest that I can possibly be. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that comes out for sure in competition when it's like, oh, we're going to have a, like a fun game. And like, we're all a little bit neurotic of like, okay, who's the best though? You know? Uh, and, and like, I think this, the sense of competition or at least achievement really crops up for myself. Like I noticed it the other day when I was assembling a bookcase for my daughter's room and I looked at the instructions and it says like, Average time takes two people one hour. And I looked at that and I was like, challenge fucking accepted. I'm going to do better than that. And it's like, for what reason? No reason. <laughs> Nobody in my house but myself doing this, timing myself. No one cares. I'm very proud to say, though, that I did it in 45 minutes by myself. So, yeah. And, so it's and like, you wrote into the company. And I your wrote instructions in and I was like, are inaccurate. You really need to adjust your time that it takes because you're just setting a low, you're setting too low of a bar for people. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, I think that my family, immediate family is very competitive. I know that my husband and I are both pretty competitive people. My husband also grew up playing organized sports uh, and team sports, and we both love going to sporting events together. Uh, and uh, and that's something that we look forward to, like, taking our kids to. And so mm-hmm. 
this sense of sort of competition and athletics and just like physical activity has been very prevalent. So like my family <laughs> as a child and now my family when I'm like a parent myself. The family you have created. The family that I have created. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, both the families that I was born into and the families that I have created mm-hmm. have been very um, sports motivated or centered. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think it's always funny when the competitive nature of, of our family shows up, um, especially like you, the four of you, like your immediate family, because it is a little bit different than my side of the family. But it's always like kind of a surprise because you look at the personalities of like your mom and dad and you wouldn't really expect that, especially your mom. Uh-huh. But it's like anything that could be a competition or where there will be a oh, winner. Yes. It's like, oh, all in, all of a sudden. Yes. And it's funny because my mom didn't grow up playing organized sports, you know, mm-hmm. because she didn't grow up in the U.S. either. But she didn't grow up playing sports, but she's very athletic. Both of my parents mm-hmm. are very, very naturally athletic. And so she took to sports more as an adult. Uh, and I think... When I was a kid, I remember her playing a lot of tennis and being very good at Mm. tennis. Uh, But I just always remember her being very similar to myself and like, okay, I'm going to set a challenge that only I know about, (laughs) and but I'm going to do really well at it, you know? (laughs) And it's it's just sort of like, okay, I want to be the best. Or or if I remember we would play um, Tetris Attack. We would have Tetris (laughs) Attack tournaments, and it was like, oh, okay, family tournament. And uh, yeah, my mom would do very very well in it and she would play a lot of Tetris Attack even when we were playing so I think it's like throughout childhood I remember we would have these little sort of family competitions Mm -hmm. and we always took them not seriously uh I think we were both we were all still pretty good losers about it too like Mm -hmm. we weren't sore losers yeah um but yeah that was definitely something that we would do as a family too is like yeah competitions (laughs) for things so yeah, that's funny. I think the other way that I see the competition show up in the family is more directly when I was in high school, we would have these family tournaments. So like we would have family night for badminton specifically. So in high school, I played tennis and badminton and we would have family night where it was a family tournament. And so you would play with, you know, one of the students and then either your your mom or your dad or, you know, whoever. And uh, and so competing against the other families Mm-hmm. It was like very apparent <laughs> whose parents are competitive and whose aren't. Um, and I think also because I had known or my parents knew some of the other parents, like my dad mm-hmm. had gone to school around the same time as one of the other dads, too. And so that was kind of like, a oh, our daughters are playing together now. And so <laughs> it was a bit of rivalry better. there, too. Yeah, it's... Um, I remember watching my parents compete, though, in this and thinking, like, please don't hurt yourselves. <laughs> like, yes, I want to win, but also it's not worth it. <laughs> so, but I'm definitely going to be that way when my kids are older and if they play sports, too. So oh, I, I, already, I already I totally, know that about myself. I totally see that. Yeah, all future. the other parents are going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, as you said, the, you're, you're not sore losers. Like, you are... Um, what do they call him? Like you're you are good team players and we're hopefully uh, graceful graceful winners and losers. Yes, there you go. <laughs> but you know, I don't think we were ever like well thinking about the extended family, like you and I anyways, I never felt the competition with you for anything. No, and maybe it's because we didn't do similar activities, like we couldn't yeah. pit ourselves up against each other, but yeah, I never felt that 
with you. Um, and as we've mentioned before in other episodes, you weren't as close when we were younger. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. The I, one thing but- I do recall is that there was this weird sense of almost competition, maybe, of about height. Of like, mm-hmm. who's tall? Who like, oh, because, you know, as kids grow up, it's like, oh, look yeah. how tall you're getting. Look how big you are. And then we would do the thing where it's like you have to stand in order of like yeah. age and then or stand in order of height. And that was always a weird thing where I'm like, I'm not going to make my kids do that with their cousins. Yeah, that is super weird. That's such a, a common thing that's like verbalized in families. And I don't know, maybe more so in ours. But mm-hmm. I think it's seemingly harmless because it's just like a cute thing for kids. But yeah, that, that yeah. may kind of coax a sense of in internal competition in kids yeah well hmm. Hmm. but it's like yeah that's shitty because it's something you literally can't do you anything can't about and also shouldn't really impact your life no <laughs> how tall you are or not it really yeah. past a certain height i feel like there is not really any sort of benefits or downsides to be had so yeah, sort of irrelevant, but unless you're playing sports, unless you were playing prolific at basketball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I knew that I was never going to play sports at any sort of professional level. Where, mm-hmm. but this the sense of like achievement and like self competition. I think that's really what just kind of like in high school, especially like I drove myself to burnout basically mm-hmm. when I was playing yeah. tennis. And, and I had to have a reality check of just like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. And like, why do I care so much? I'm not going to be a professional tennis player. Like, there's no mm-hmm. way I'm even going to compete with most people in Arizona because Arizona is so competitive for tennis. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> maybe that was an early lesson in like expectation management, I guess, and pre- mm-hmm. reprioritizing my life a little bit. So So that was a good lesson to have, too. Yeah. 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 But, that's good that you realized that at that stage. I mean, didn't... yeah. I look at, I was going to say, I was, because we're just coming out of the Olympics, I look at these Olympic <laughs> athletes and the amount of sacrifice that they have to make in their personal lives. And mm-hmm. it's like, yes, the pinnacle of athletic achievement, but at what cost? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except you know? I didn't watch any Olympics, but our family was talking about Nathan Chen and how mm-hmm. he's obviously an all star figure skater, but also goes to Yale I think and of course is doing all this of other course. shit and it's just like oh perfect Asian child mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yeah yeah that's not an excuse Sam you can do it all yeah oh yeah okay let me just try to do that at 35 <laughs> yeah I think those ships have sailed um, yeah I'll stick to the lifetime sports that I can play in retirement and old mm-hmm. age so yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess like thinking back since we did have such different childhoods and, uh, you know, you had a, a pretty limited exposure to sports uh, growing mm. up, you know, can you talk a little bit about how did you discover them as an adult or, or what was that journey sort of like of, mm. you know, because I know that you you do watch sport more sports now than I recall as, as us kids growing up. Some. Yeah. 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 And you definitely kinda... participate in sports, yeah. like certain sports and athletics. Yeah. Uh, I watch I will watch basketball. Um, we don't have a TV, so my broadcast sports consumption is pretty limited but basketball is like the one sport that I understand and Mm -hmm. I I, in high school our basketball team was really good so we would go to the games I picked up from it 
through that experience mm-hmm. and then kind of just that interest carried on through there. So I'd say as a spectator, that's kind of where that um, came from. And then as an adult, I mean, like I said, I wasn't athletic or involved in sports uh, when I was younger, but I have tried some things as an adult. And I think it's a mix of um, just kind of a new curiosity about things and then also having a partner who is he's very fit he's very athletic so that's been encouraging you know we tried tennis together and and realized that I think the threshold has passed for us to become (laughs) good at tennis that's a really hard one to learn um sorry I think you cut out the second part of the question did you ask about um sports like I'm doing as an adult yeah yeah so like because you didn't do a lot of sports as kid as a kid, but then now it seems like you've taken up more sports as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, uh, it's just kind of self-interest and like, you know, we, I live in Phoenix and there's a lot of sports that are very accessible here mm-hmm. because it's a pretty good all seasons area to live in. Um, so, uh, kind of just individual curiosity, um, and then also, you know, as I get older, I know I have to take care of my body in a more deliberate, organized way. So moving with intention, working out. Um, so I've gotten into running recently just because I feel like that's good for my body type. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, going back to like the aversion to discomfort, that took a long time for me to get into because running is fucking torture it's the fucking worst i hate running (laughs) it still feels like torture but i think for me the way i feel afterwards and kind of just the balance and the energy that it gives me throughout the day that is worth uh it's worth the torture (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's i'm not involved in anything um team related which I don't know where that comes from. Um, it might be kind of like a social anxiety thing or not really knowing where to start or not having a background of that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So it's all just individual things right now. I'm also doing archery, which is very um, a solo sport and very mental, not super physical, but you definitely have to um, you have to be, be very particular about how you do archery, but it, I like that because it's a mix of mind and body and, and running is a bit like that for mm-hmm. me too. So yeah, I think it, now that I'm kind of talking through it, it may just be kind of a, a, a heightened consciousness of, you know, how my mind and body and physical state are all connected. And these are all activities that um, let me practice that as an adult. Yeah. You should try golf next. Mm. Yeah, my swing isn't bad. Yeah. The thing about golf, Arizona is a great place for golf. Um, I am extremely frugal, and I feel like golf is a prohibitively expensive sport to get into. But we do but, have lots of equipment in our family. That's <laughs> a lot true. Of golfers in our family. <laughs> Maybe down the road. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely. Um, yeah, I, I do look at that sport, and now that I'm doing something like archery, I'm able to connect the dots. Like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a very demanding sport per se, like physically demanding, but, you know, there's some of the same traits, just the how particular you have to be, how, you know, if something is going on in your mind, if you're stressed or if you're anxious, that's going to show up in that arrow or in that golf club or whatever. So, um, yeah, I definitely do see that connection. Maybe, maybe down the road. Yeah. 
stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Did you try golf? We have a lot of golfers in our family. Um, I did try golf. And I'm sure that my dad has a lot of funny anecdotes of when I was taking golf lessons as a kid because I was mm. very confident, even though I had no experience playing golf whatsoever. Mm. I mean, I, I always loved going to the driving range. Because I Mm -hmm. think it's kind of like a batting cage where it's just like Mm -hmm. I like to go out there and hit the ball as far as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. I did not (laughs) ever spend enough time to learn all of the other finer points of golf, though, like, of you know, really the finesse and putting and chipping and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think because I played so many sports, I, I can pick up most sports and athletic you know, activities mm-hmm. because the, the, the muscle memory is there. I know a little bit or a lot about the rules of it and the process of it. Um, and so I just never really got into golf. I, the reason why I didn't get into golf, though, is because in high school, the same season as golf season was badminton season. Mm-hmm. And I played badminton okay. instead. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's kind of why I know that to the disappointment of my my dad and probably grandpa <laughs> I did yeah. not uh, I did not take up golf though um but yeah that's that is a, a sport that requires a lot it's mostly mental and some physical mm-hmm. you know um but mostly mental and so yeah so that's that's one of the sports that I I, I want to get more into as an adult mm-hmm. I think as a you know when you talk about being an adult and not having an exposure to like team sports as a kid and maybe not the familiarity or the comfort level of participating in them as an adult. I think that just as an adult, it's so hard to find team activities like that because it requires so many other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it is easier to and have And then especially for a beginner on yeah. top of that yeah. too, it's like, oh, are these people going to be able to like have the patience for right. to me to jump in or like where do you even start if you want to get a good base and then join something like I think that that's just so much harder as a beginner adult yeah for sure I mean it's like I know a lot of adults who actually they don't know how to swim and so mm. they're looking for like adult swim classes but there are yeah. not really any of those adult type classes for things mm-hmm. like adult basketball like I you know like if you have no experience whatsoever like dribbling a ball or you know or like playing softball like how are you supposed to get into an intramural pickup softball game if you've never played softball at all you know and so that can be very intimidating and so I guess maybe that's maybe that's why it's like really helpful at least when you're a kid and it's sort of like you just force them to do it yeah (laughs) and and then you have that confidence for life too definitely yeah Um, I remember a friend did invite me to like a it's just a community softball game at a park mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And I was just like, I have never played softball in my life. Why are you inviting me to this? And they're like, oh, it's so easy. Like, just, you know, just it's come so by. Easy. You'll be able to pick it up. And I was just like, no, no. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, I'll bring the orange wedges, but no, thank you for participating in it. You, When I was interning uh, at my, it, when I was still in college and I was doing an internship, I signed up for one of the intern softball leagues mm-hmm. because I had grown, I had played so much softball and like, I really loved it. And I thought that I was like really good at it too. And then I hadn't played since middle school though. Mm-hmm. And then when I got out there on the field and we were practicing and I went to go catch like a pop fly and I put my glove up. And for the first time in my life, I felt fear. And oh, I was God. like, uh oh. <laughs> and it was like, I've, I've like literally never had this hesitation of like looking away from the ball as it's coming at me. But now I think the stakes felt a lot higher as an adult of like, don't hurt yourself. It's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> it's 
gonna take a lot more time to recover. It's gonna hurt. A yeah, lot more. I also remember thinking that like when I went skiing for the first time after not having gone skiing since I was like a kid, it was like, wow, I this my body feels different since the last time I went skiing, and this is oh, scary. Yeah. Like I feel like I could hurt myself very easily or break yeah. something seriously. So yeah. yeah, we went skiing a couple weeks ago and. Yeah, when we were kids, we would go to Flagstaff in the, mm-hmm. the winter and kind of just go on the bunny slopes. I remember that was as far as I got, like being on the bunny slopes with your dad and Uncle Scotty. Um, but that was like the only time I'd skied before, so I was very much a be- adult mm-hmm. beginner. It was super fun. But that feeling, though, like when you're going down a steep mountain, yeah, it would kick in that fear like, oh, shit, I'm going really fast. This is scary. But then really quickly right after, for me, it was like, you just have to know what you're doing. Like, I know what I'm doing. I can do this because if I don't, I'm going to eat shit, maybe die. <laughs> it's like, confidence I know this. too, yes. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Artificial yep. confidence. Yes. And yeah, I, I got out of there without any injuries. So it was a success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, like thinking about all the ski trips growing up, because I feel like we existed in the same spaces and in the same time. But our experience mm-hmm. was so different because those trips really laid a foundation for me wanting to ski and snowboard for the, yeah. like as an adult and in college and, and to take my kids and do all that stuff. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I, I remember, you know, when we were little, little kids, all sort of being exposed to it initially. And mm-hmm. then it was, you know, our other cousins were really into snowboarding when the, that first came out and they were skateboarders too. Yeah. So I remember always going like skiing and snowboarding with like my brother and them. Um, but that was <laughs> my like, brother and I are just, yeah, the... you're just chilling at the cabin, I guess, <laughs> which is totally fine too. But... Too cold. <laughs> yeah, too cold. Too uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> both of my parents skied. And so that oh, was yeah. the thing too, is that it was like, you know, when I was really little, before I had learned how to ski, I wanted to go skiing. Like, because I saw my brother doing it. I saw my parents doing it. And they put me in yeah. the daycare. And it was like, I don't want to be in here. I want to go skiing yeah. with you. And so then they took me out. And I think I was probably like four or five, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's a great age because you're so low to the ground that, like, you can't really hurt yourself too badly. Yeah. And I mean... Around. Even if you do, you have no fear whatsoever because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't understand yeah, how badly you, have you can hurt yourself. To compare it to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, thirty years later, it's a different experience for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. The yeah. fall is uh, a lot more high. And... Yep. <laughs> yep, definitely. The thrill of the crowd. The tribalism. The overt military displays. The disingenuine corporate patriotism. The pay inequities. The systemic racism. Systemic misogyny. Professional sports are back, baby. This fall on Peacock. Watch them, because what are you? A little bitch or something? Oh, perfect. This fall on Peacock. (laughs) This fall on Peacock. Sports are back. Oh, 
Um, <laughs> yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I feel like uh, we watched a Don't Look Up the other night. Mm. And I feel like I get the same feeling from your commercial. It's just like addressing these big issues with humor. So you're like laughing and crying yeah. while listening. You're like, man, things are fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this is all fucked up. I guess this I need to watch that. is so joyous. <laughs> I guess I need to watch that movie. I had read mixed, very mixed things about it. It's it's much too long, but okay. it is entertaining the whole time. Um, you know, and as an ensemble cast, whatever, it's it's entertaining, but also like very bleak and yeah. <laughs> cool. I still need it's to watch uh, Come On, Come On. I want to watch that one. Oh, that one's so good. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite movies. That one's year. like, I'm like, okay, I'll pay the money for the rental. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. If you want an emotional night, definitely watch oh, that one. God, I don't think I need that, but. <laughs> <laughs> As an adult, are you, well, I know you're time is a little different with two kids have you learned any new physical activities or sports as an adult that you didn't experience in high school or Mm. earlier yeah so before I had kids one of the sports that I took up uh I I say quote unquote took up I was not good (laughs) at it I tried it and I gave it my all and I committed to it as an adult which is you know a lot anyways but uh ultimate frisbee so oh. I I took up playing that when I was living in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. Is that the funny. same as Frisbee golf? No, different actually. No. So Frisbee okay. golf is more like golf where you like stand and you throw it at a target. Mm-hmm. And then ultimate Frisbee is more like football, but with what? a Frisbee. It's you, non, you tackle? It's non-contact, <laughs> but it's like once you catch the Frisbee, you cannot move. Like you can pivot around, but you can't really take any steps, though. Mm. And I remember I started it because I had a friend who was um, who was going to sign up for it, and she talked me into doing it, and then she ended up not going to any of the games or anything <laughs> beyond, like, the first practice. But with a lot of, like, mixed sports or co-ed sports – you don't have enough women really you don't like you never have as many women as you do men and Mm -hmm. for co-ed sports you always have to have a minimum number of women playing and so when you only have the minimum number of women that you need you are always playing Mm -hmm. and uh as i alluded to before i fucking hate running and so (laughs) i did not (laughs) like that sport at all and i was not good at it the biggest thing that came out of it, though, and I'm so glad that I did it, is like all of my very like or not all of them. A lot of my very, very close Asian female friends mm. in Minnesota, I met because we were playing Ultimate Frisbee together. Mm. And mm. yeah. And so and we bonded over the fact that uh, they were the two other Asian women on the team, both of whom were better than I was at Ultimate <laughs> Frisbee. But the funny thing is, is that nobody could tell us apart. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> so we would be playing a team and it'd be like, oh, they would go to cover me and it's like, haha, I'm the one that's bad. <laughs> I'm the Asian that sucks at this sport. <laughs> so, so that was fun in a bonding So you had a built-in advantage yeah. to the, the, racist, the racist opposition. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think that's probably the one sport that I've like actually taken up that I had no background in. <laughs> as a kid and then otherwise it's just been sort of playing the sports that I had exposure to as a kid just recreationally so like playing Mm -hmm. badminton 
And that was fun too because you know, I, working in tech and living out in the Bay Area too. There's mm. actually badminton is a really big sport out here, mm. and uh, so there's a lot more access to it. I just wish I had more time to do that. Um, and then like tennis, you know, tennis is one of the sports where I haven't played in years, um, and so I'd be interested to see like how difficult it would be to get back into yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I think maybe that is something though that I have noticed about myself of because. I had such exposure and like experience playing sports growing up. I have a higher expectation of myself to be good at something as an adult mm-hmm. than maybe I should. And so mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it prevents me from trying new things too or pursuing it because I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be good at that or not, so I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like when I was a kid, I didn't know if I was going to be good at something or not. I just did it and I tried it. And so mm-hmm. I think I need to take more of that mentality. Yeah, you're less. You don't have that self-conscious feeling when you're a child yeah. and learning it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, definitely with some of the things I've tried lately, like tennis, I was bad at from the beginning, and then I realized, like, for me to get good at this, it's going to take a drills, lot of time, a lot of drills. Yeah, yeah. it's not just and, playing, <laughs> and that's not how yeah. I want. That's not the way I want to learn something like that didn't seem very or you're not interested in learning something that you have to learn in that way yeah 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 I, I'm I'm lazy so I want to <laughs> learn something really quickly and productively <laughs> I want that instant gratification I want to be really good at it instantly or I want to have absolutely no effort applied to getting good at it don't <laughs> <laughs> put the effort just the, the type of effort the type of effort yes yeah yeah, yeah. I think tennis people People definitely underestimate tennis because it's like this, the court is so big that if, if neither of you are good enough to, to maintain like a rally, it's not not fun. It's not (laughs) fun for anybody. You're just chasing balls everywhere. Yeah. Uh, That was our goal when we started. We're like, maybe we'll get good enough or we want to not even, (laughs) we thought we will get good enough to maintain like a back and forth rally with each other. It might not be like a formal game, but we could at least do that. And we were far from that. It's more, a lot more difficult than it seems <laughs> yeah. to do that. Yeah. Gosh, but it does give you so much respect for the athletes oh, who are sure. good at it. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Ping pong, yeah. though. That's ping pong and badminton because mm-hmm. it's similar to tennis, but you don't have the like nature of having to chase down something yeah. just to hit it again yeah it's like you're just yeah. you're in the same spot anyway so you can practice badminton's great in that way yeah so after we failed at tennis we would hop into this badminton gym in mesa and that was awesome and the people there i don't know if it's just the community around that sport but people there are so nice mm-hmm. too so that made it really enjoyable and then it's a lot more of a forgiving sport because you're not exhausting yourself in the same way and the way the birdie flies, it's like you have time to, <laughs> to, to react to it. Kind of react. Unless yeah. you're playing something, somebody really good and then you have no time to react to it and you're just like, yeah. the fuck, how do I? <laughs> That's true. And that does happen in those gyms. Like we're not good by any means, but for the most part, like 95% of the time, if you have a random opponent they'll and they're good, they will kind of take that game as one to relax and like play yes. at your level, yeah. not totally clobber you. But yeah, sometimes the other 5%, there's just like people who will just fucking smash you. And you're like, this is not fun for <laughs> anybody. Fun for anybody, yeah. Yeah, like why? I get it. I get it that you've been doing this forever and are clearly better than me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because it's like those all of those people, or a lot of those people anyways, like I I know them from when I was playing really mm-hmm. heavily in, in high school. And, and uh, yeah, I do really love that community of people. And I think that like when my mom 
was playing with me also in high school, that was a nice outlet for her because a lot of people come from Malaysia. And so Mm. uh, that was like a nice community too. And so I think it's like, yeah, sports for sure is like a, a foray or at least just, just something to have in common with somebody else to start a conversation. So in those cases it's helpful, but that's a nice thing about that. And I do see like, I don't watch sports as an adult, but I do see like if you work in a big office office environment or have a big social group, that's something that's easy to talk and converse and bond over like Mm -hmm. your favorite teams or however that works. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I was never part of those conversations, so I don't know what those conversations are like. I just walked by and I'm like, I've heard of that. (laughs) You know, I I always try to be really cognizant about that though at work that even though I watch a lot of sports, not as much as I used to because I am pretty sickened by the corrupt nature of a lot of professional sports these days, uh, but that not everybody is interested in sports or mm-hmm. understand sports. And so it's not, and then also using like sports related jargon, that's not something that is going to be easily understood by a lot of people. And so like to not dominate a conversation about talking about like football or basketball because it's you're going to limit who can actually participate in that conversation. Yeah. And uh and I I saw the difference too like of like company cultures because in Minnesota it was very prevalent. It was just like you talk about golf, you talk mm-hmm. about football, you talk about basketball and everybody had their like fantasy sports leagues that they participate mm-hmm. in and everything. You know, Mm -hmm. you talk about March Madness, and I guess I feel that still a little bit in tech, but the people who work in tech, I feel like the the backgrounds of people and interests in people are so different Mm. that it's not going to really dominate any conversation. But there is a lot of, like, loyalty and fan pride for the sports teams out here, even if you are not, like, an avid sport follower. But yeah, it's just kind of like, they used to say that, like, oh, deals were made on the golf course. And I guess that's still (laughs) true to a certain extent, but not as many people play golf or the people who are playing golf aren't necessarily the only decision makers or leaders in the company anymore. And that's been really good because otherwise it can be just so exclusive, especially when you think about like women and Mm -hmm. people who didn't grow up playing these things, you know, for one reason or another. But I think uh, when I think about like my kids, they both seem like they're pretty active. Mm. And so I definitely want to expose them to sports so that they can at least see if they like it and to have that choice but then I'll be surprised I guess if they're not interested in sports I'll be a little bit heartbroken if I'm quite honest about it I think Um, no pressure no pressure but I will never share that heartbreak with them though (laughs) so I'll lead them I'll lead them to water but I won't force them to drink it basically Mm -hmm. um but yeah so we'll see we'll see what time will tell do you have any idea of what your approach will be? Like, you know, they're so little, they can't really make the decision on their own. But I mean, I guess the older one's at a stage where he's expressing interest in certain things, though. So I don't know, will you take certain things as a cue to like sign them up for certain sports or just kind of, you know, use your parental will to do that? <laughs> yeah, I think it'll probably be mostly the parental will. It'll be like exposing them to it in the activities of like, oh, we have a toy basketball hoop or, you know, like Mm. a little toy t-ball thing and to get them exposed to just the actual like movements involved in sports and see how they react to that. Uh, And then, you know, to get them into just a really large array of activities too to see what they like and not just sports related, you know, like 
both of my kids, they seem to really love dance. And so, mm. you know, planning on getting them. Where does that come from? <laughs> I have no idea. That is one of those things that I think I <laughs> I would do more dancing if I felt less self-conscious as an adult. And mm. so encouraging them to be as uninhibited as they are and to get really comfortable, I guess, in dance while they're still uninhibited so that they're confident mm-hmm. enough when they become inhibited to still want to pursue that, I guess. So yeah, maybe by encouraging them and noticing that as a parent will make you a little bit more confident and courageous in, in your dancing too. <laughs> I mean, it does. And the fact that like, I will be dancing around with my kids and I will do that in public and I just really don't give a fuck how I look. <laughs> it's just like, well, this is making my kid happy and it's fun. So I'm going to do it. And if <laughs> it's it all looks, that matters. Yeah. And if I look like a crazy person, then whatever, then this, this isn't for you. This is for my kids. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think. Don't look at me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's hard to, because there's only so much time in the day. And uh, I don't want to overschedule them either, where every single minute of their day and their lives is like an activity. And mm-hmm. so that's tough. And I think especially being out in the Bay Area, you know, having having friends and family where their kids are older and very involved in sports, their entire weekend is spent driving out to tournaments or driving yeah. out to a club or, you know, for lessons for something. And I also just don't want to be spending my time doing that. Yeah. And for that reason, I mean, like the Bay Area is really it's hard. It's not as accessible as like growing up in Arizona. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's still driving out on the weekends and doing things, but not mm-hmm. driving hours and doing yeah. that stuff. So, yeah, just put them in an Uber. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can track their ETA, right? Yeah. And then, and then once they get there, then what happens? <laughs> um, <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, just go with them the first time and then just trust that they'll know. okay and if they don't know then clearly they just won't be good at it and they should just give up on it they don't deserve that opportunity they don't deserve it they're unworthy (laughs) they're unworthy of the opportunity so i clearly don't have kids (laughs) don't ever let me have kids (laughs) just put them in an uber yeah be fine yeah and then they're, they're it's their coach's problem then right yeah. 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 It's just like, I mean, you're paying for that babysitting anyways. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, one of my uh, one of my good friends is a golf instructor on the side. And uh, and so shout out if anybody is looking for golf lessons for kids or themselves in the Bay Area, mm. um, hit me up and I can give you a recommendation. But uh, he's had people who have reached out to him and they're like, can I buy like a three hour lesson for my like seven year old? And oh. it's like. Uh, that's not going to be an effective use of that amount of time. Like, they're not going to be able to pay attention for that long. Yeah. It's just not going to be effective. And then it's also like, are you planning on just dropping your child off and then leaving for three hours? And I'm like, oh, that's because mom wants to go get a massage. And I yeah. fully understand that. And yeah. I appreciate that. But yeah, you're not going to, if you're going to be babysitting for three hours, you better up your rate. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. yeah, that's just babysitting. That's at just that babysitting. I don't care if they learn any golf. You're just a, an adult who will be by my child. I don't even know you. (laughs) If they want a little bit of golf, great. But if they're here when I come back after three hours, that's all that matters. (laughs) So messed up, but I get it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I do remember like when my parents would have to take me to practices or games, you know, it was a lot of my mom having to sit in a, sit in the car and read a book (laughs) during that Mm. time. And so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sign myself up for that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but if, I guess you stay around. I'm still obviously don't have kids. I guess you stay around in case like your kids get 
injured or something? No, you definitely or? have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. I'm saying you do not. <laughs> I mean, I guess to a certain age, right? Up to a certain mm-hmm. age. And especially if they're playing in school sports. So if it's like a practice or something that's after school and it's for the, the school, then like my parents wouldn't go to that. They would, they would come and pick me up afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely still need to... Be aware of who the adults are that are present too. I guess because... so, and who else is lurking around at right. that park? Because as we've all, as we've also learned as a society, hopefully over the past <laughs> several years, that uh, not everybody involved in sports around children and young people should be trusted to be around <laughs> yeah. young people. And so, okay, it yes. all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's really the only thing keeping me from shipping my three year old off into an Uber. <laughs> For a three-hour lesson with a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We'll see. But, all right. Uh, Emmy, my compliment to you this week is that you are a very strong person, um, as we have learned in this discussion, physically and also mentally, too. And I think you're able to keep your cool and keep a peace of mind in any situation. And because of that, I feel like um, you're – position in our family is somewhat of like a rock in our family or a rock of our generation because of that and I think that trait makes you um, very comfortable to be around and it's been really great you know doing this podcast and having this conversation with you and seeing those traits come out in the topics that we discuss and the way that we reflect on things um, in our family too so I think that's a very um unique trait about you that probably a lot of people, maybe, you know, people in your social circle don't see in the way that I do, but it's something that I think is uh, appreciated and very evident within our family. Oh, well, thanks, Kalia. I owe it all to my experience in team sports. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And that's why I'm not like that because I didn't do sports. Well, when, when, when you said you are a rock of our generation, a rock in our family of our generation, I immediately tried to like not feel a sense of crushing pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Of like, take no, it as a compliment. It it's not a burden. <laughs> no, I think it comes across very like naturally and effortlessly, and, and not a rock like to. Yeah, to put you in that place, but it's just kind of like the the energy that give you give off um, gives that feeling to people in our family. Well, I am definitely uh, I love all my cousins, and so keeping us close and uh, keeping us engaged in our, each other's lives is definitely important for me. So mm-hmm. thanks it. for listening, everyone. That's it for this week, um, give us money on Patreon and <laughs> <laughs> let us know your favorite sports team in the DMs. Or comments, I don't really. So. No, nah, I don't care. No, about that. <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> Oh, give us ideas for other episodes. Yeah, if there's anything that you want to hear us talk about, um, send us a message. Yeah, Yeah. in any form. (laughs) Yeah. Smoke signal, call, text. Yeah, don't, no, don't call. That's weird. No, no. Phone call. Voicemail, just leave that as a voicemail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just straight to voicemail. Don't try to talk live. Just I'll listen to the voicemail later. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Double Cuzzies, where we're cousins. And friends. But most importantly, we're family. Bye. Bye.